Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood. Today we're talking about Airlift, the Akshay Kumar starring drama about the evacuation of 170,000 Indians from Kuwait at the beginning of the Gulf War. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the first in our series of movies based on real life. And we're back after a very long break. Yes. <laughs> and very happy to be here. Yes. So this is a movie about, I had never heard of this event at all. This evacuation. No, neither had I. I mean, to be honest, I barely heard of the Gulf War. Yeah, it it happened. Well, you were right when you were born, and uh, yeah, I would have been way too young. And I, yeah, so, so I've heard of it, but I didn't really know what it was until I watched this movie. Yeah, and it, so I certainly, of course, never heard of this evacuation. And yeah. it's one of those things that, even for people that were would have been alive at the time, it was too distant from what was going on in America for people to have really paid much attention to. So it's makes it interesting to watch some of these movies that are based on real things because even if the movie itself isn't very good you wind up learning about something that you didn't even know about but that was very important to an entire nation of people yeah this is a well-made movie so it has the benefit of being worth watching no matter what it's so good and honestly i i have to say i think this is the most universal movie that we've watched yet. 100% a beginner film. And I think that, I mean, depending on how your children would react to the war invasion setting, mm-hmm. this I still think would be a family movie for even younger teens. Yeah, younger teens, I think. It's, um, you know, they do show people getting shot in the streets. But they don't dwell on it. They don't dwell on it. And we don't see, like, except for one time we sort of see, like, that person's dead. We don't see, like, grotesque stills of dead bodies and things like that. And we don't, there's not tons of it. Other than establishing people are getting shot in the streets Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of dead people around. Other than that, it's just general war-torn violence. So, obviously, it depends on sensitivity of the child involved. But I think a lot of younger teenagers could easily handle this. Yeah, I think the most disturbing notion of this for for a child watching would be that just instantly life can change for you. If somebody decides to invade, that's it. Your life is different forever now. Yeah. And I think the suddenness of that and just immediate takeover um, is the probably the most disturbing part. But, even, you know. And it's shocking even as an adult to think. It like. It, well, and that's the, also the problem. I think as an American, it, it's difficult to imagine something like this happening because, I mean, they just drove their tanks into Kuwait, right? In you know, just right into the capital of Kuwait and just took over. And I mean, yeah, we don't have if Mexico like that. was going to. I mean, we're in Texas, right? And by the time Mexico got to our city. Right. The it's, U.S. would have already noticed and responded. Like, it's just too big 
for that to happen. Yeah, they're very Canada could I I suppose drive tanks into New England and and create some chaos, but they're still the rest of the country that would quickly respond. And most most people would be, you know, the vast majority of people would be unaffected. No one would ever be able to subdue a country our size that quickly and that effectively. And so that's was really shocking to think about living in a country mm-hmm. the size of Kuwait where well, and you be, can just be taken over. Right. And to be honest, it's probably the same for Indians. India's so huge. Yeah. That, you know, you can't get to most of it quickly. I also thought as far as historical details of the war, mm-hmm. I thought it was uh really interesting the way they showed the Iraqi army. I thought it was mm-hmm. a really Oh, it sympathetic was view to the Iraqi army, not in the sense of we understand why they're doing it, but in the sense that a lot of the people that are in the army are dumb young men. Yeah, they're they're young. And I that was so interesting because I don't know. I know nobody's going to airports now, but when I go to the airport and there's army guys there, a lot of them are so young that mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? You're in the army? How? You look like you're 15. Yeah, because a lot of their recruits are 18, you know, right out of high school. Yeah, they look so young. And, I mean, this was happening to me when I was in my early 20s. Yeah. And I was like, you look too young to be in the Army. Mm-hmm. And that's what Akshay Kumar kept saying. He was like, there's kids running around with guns shooting people. And yeah. that must be what it's like to be in a setting like that. Most of these people are really young and they're yeah. just dumb. Like, they're not thinking about grand philosophical questions about what's right and wrong. They've been told, <laughs> go to this place, subdue these people, kill, you know, take this group, want. take whatever you want. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. And I just thought that was, it's not a view you get a lot. Yeah. In movies isn't. like this. No, and the actor who played the Iraqi major was really good. He was. He was another interesting character. Yeah. Because he did know what was going on, but... Mm-hmm. Well, he, and he was a guy who, clearly, he had not been in a position of power like this before, and he was loving it. What was interesting about him is he talks to Akshay Kumar. So Akshay Kumar plays an Indian businessman who runs a successful company in Kuwait. And he's been there for so long that he feels Kuwaiti himself. He doesn't associate himself with India yeah, anymore. He kind of looks down on India. Yeah. He feels you're in Kuwait, you should live like a Kuwaiti, you should live and act like a Kuwaiti. Right. And so when Iraq invades Kuwait, he's now stuck in the middle. To the point that when this invasion starts, he does not suggest that his wife and child go back to India. He says go to London for a week. Yes. So when Iraq invades Kuwait and everything is destroyed around him, he's now stuck in a situation where he's stuck in the middle of a war zone for a country that's not his, mm-hmm. and the Iraqis don't actually have a problem with Indians. So right. they're not attacking or killing Indians. No, they're trying to figure out which one is of you is Kuwaiti. Yeah, so he's stuck in this nebulous kind of in-between where he has all of the people that work in his company and then more and more Indians that gather with them and he's trying to figure out what to do with them because Mm -hmm. this war isn't ending quickly. And he's counting on everybody before he turns to India. He's like... Well, the Kuwaiti government, nope, they all left. What about America? What about Yeah, the Americans are going to come fix it. And they yeah. do eventually. America, that's how the Gulf War yeah, gets resolved, cool. ultimately, America, is through intervention. And I want to say 35 countries ultimately yeah. came together. I think, you know, it was Western like, intervention. Hey, Saddam, you can't do that. 
Um, but it didn't happen anytime no. quickly enough for these people. It never would. Yeah. It would have. I mean, unless you were close allies. So that's what the movie is about, is him trying to figure out how to help all of the Indians that are now stranded in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. So one of the people he winds up talking to is this Iraqi major who, as it turns out, he's seen before. He doesn't remember him, but he was security for when he was visiting Iraq for a business deal, maybe? Yeah, something like that. And it's funny, you expect him to say he was the head of security somewhere else. He was the head of his security. His security for two days. he doesn't remember him. And you would think that this guy would get really mad about that, but he doesn't. He's like, well, you shouldn't remember me because I wasn't important then. Yeah. And important people should only remember other important people. But now I'm important. Yeah. And he's stretching his muscles. Oh, yeah. Big time. He wants bribe after bribe after bribe. Yeah, because he's important now. Yeah. So they had some interesting characters as far as the Mm -hmm. Iraqis went. Yeah. You don't get much on that. No, and I think that probably the, I don't know, I assume that the uncaringness of most of the Indian government was played up. They, when this movie was released, the Indian government did uh, take umbrage at the way they were portrayed. The Indian government is portrayed as being super unhelpful and uncaring about a lot of what these people were going through. And it was the result of one man yeah, there, working. There was exactly and approximately one man who cared at all. And they do say at the end that he was supposed to be a representation of all of the government employees working. But the movie, even in that made it fairly clear that they were talking about the underlings and not the overall government. Exactly. Which I have to say, I understand to a certain extent, if these people are in another country and they're not being killed, they may not be a priority, uh, depending on what else is going on. But they were also not wrong when they said, when the characters in the movie said that a Western country would never leave their people like that. Yeah, that is true. America freaks out when there's like... One hostage being held somewhere. And they're like... We will obliterate you all if you don't return this person in one piece. I mean, you're right. And I'm always surprised by the the level of response. Yeah, that Americans And all the news is like, and there's 10 Americans there still. And I don't know. I guess there's other people there, too. (laughs) There's millions of natives that are being, uh, that have been hurt by this. And 10 Americans. Yeah. And that's who uh, gets reported on. And, you know, I... I, I really am always surprised by the level yeah. of response America will give. And, of course, America will help other people, too. It's not just their own people. But they, we do, and Western countries in general, will make sure that their people are looked after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, wasn't something I'd considered that much before. But there were 170,000 Indians in Kuwait at the time. Because there's a lot of Indians that will work in other... You, you see this in other movies. There's a lot of Indians that will go work in other countries, nearby countries, especially in the oil industry. Yes. So it's really common to hear about Indians who have gone to Saudi Arabia to work yes. in the oil fields. Absolutely. And so in at least one movie I saw, it was this girl's dream to marry someone who lived in another country. And it was just the kind of like close by prestigious oil job. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of money to be made that way, and there's a lot of countries where the people are so rich, they don't necessarily... It's kind of like the way you, America will have fruit pickers come up from Mexico. Oh, yeah. Because Americans don't won't necessarily take the jobs. Right. So, in a similar way, 
in places like Saudi Arabia or Kuwait, there's a lot of jobs that the locals won't take that are there, and they can get Indians in to do it. And there's a lot of brain drain that happens from India anyway. I mm-hmm. mean, to the U.S., to... Um, oh, these people, though, England. tend to be low-level workers, not the upper-level... No, that's like, true. they're doctors that are coming over to... No, that's true. Yeah, and engineers. Yeah. It, it tends to be the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, and this war, this whole war is set up so well by the joke at the beginning. This is literally the first lines of the movie, which is Akshay Kumar telling a joke to some Kuwaiti businessmen he's talking to. And, and a prince. Were they? Maybe they were Saudi Arabian. Anyway, some people he was doing business with. It was, how do you get 30 Iraqis into a telephone booth? Tell them it's not theirs. I thought that was a really well done setup for the whole movie, establishing both his character and mm-hmm. the movie as a whole. Well, Iraq had crazy demands of Kuwait. They wanted billions of dollars worth of uh, loans waived. They wanted to be paid for something for some reason. I can't remember what. And they wanted them to lower the price of their oil. Raise the price of their oil. Raise the price of their oil. That's right. Uh, for the so that yeah. Iraq could make more on could their make oil. more for their oil, yeah, exactly. And oh, they accused Kuwait of stealing their oil, uh huh, because it's all from underground wells. Yeah, for anyone that's seen, there will be blood. <laughs> it's the same thing. Milkshake and straw. I drink your milkshake. Yes, <laughs> because this is a more serious, dramatic movie, and this is so western in style in so many ways. Very much so. I mean, it's on. A, it's so easy relatable. to understand. Yeah. yeah, but because it is, there's only two numbers. <laughs> I know. I, I was know. actually kind of surprised there were any numbers I, at all. I was surprised when the song started. I was like, oh, wow, we're doing this. Yeah, the first number wasn't, I really felt shoehorned in. It's when he's dancing with the girl at the club. Yeah, I liked that the voice didn't change of the singer when <laughs> yeah. he grabbed the mic. Yeah, it really seems like Akshay Kumar likes to dance, so we put this number in here. It didn't feel like it belonged in the movie. The second number was much more real feeling because yeah. he comes back with good news and everyone in the camp starts dancing and singing, and that yeah. kind of just feels like more natural reaction. And his wife is looking at him like, oh, he's a good man now. Like, look at this. I never could have imagined he would care so much about other people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nothing to write home about. Like, I don't remember any of the music or anything, so it's not very memorable. But it didn't have to be, because it was good on other levels. It was so good. And really, what we've done mostly is talk about the historical setting and the way they portray that. But Akshay Kumar's character, his family and the side characters, all of those characters are really well drawn. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll talk about that after the break. So in the beginning of the film, Akshay Kumar is portrayed as being a relatively heartless businessman. Like, he's not heartless as much as he's selfish. Yeah, he only he cares about his, himself. Cut his friend out of a business deal, and then he was like, well, I don't get why he didn't come to my party. Yeah, everything well, that, that's for his, profit. That's his fault that he had a problem with it. You never, it's business. Yeah. Yeah. His 
Uh, part of this McDuck. is, yeah, so he's not paying enough attention to his wife mm-hmm. or kid, and you can see the prog- his progression as a human being over the course of the film through his relationship with his very young daughter, who's a toddler, where in the beginning, it's, why isn't she in bed? Right. Already. It, well, he, I mean, and he loves her, and he hugs her, and he's like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. Oh, come here, jump into my arms, blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, why isn't she in bed already? Yeah, as soon as she's and, gone, it's, why hasn't she already been put to bed? We need to go to this party. And it's... Clearly, uh, the wife has thought for a while that he doesn't understand kids or spend enough time around her because he's like, yeah, she's not like your car. You can't just turn her off. Yeah. And then in the middle of the movie, he'll pick her up, but he's not necessarily engaging with her. He, I mean, he's happy to see her, of course. He'll pick her up and carry her around, but he's not necessarily engaging with her. He's busy yeah. with other things. And then at the end of the movie, when they're on the plane home to India, he's talking with her. He's playing with her. He's interacting with her. Yeah. So you can kind of see through his relationship with his daughter, which I thought was kind of a nice little way to use his relationship with his daughter. Because kids in movies are hard, and she wasn't in it very much. But that was a good way to do it. And I thought it was good that it wasn't portrayed as, like, his wife is a good person, and he's the only one who has to change. She was, and this was pretty realistic. I didn't blame her for being this way, but she was like, look, we could leave right now. Yes. Because the whole time, the major was like, he was willing to take a huge bribe for them to leave. Mm-hmm. But not with the driver's wife and child, I don't think. I think even with the driver's wife and child. But So his driver is killed when he's trying to figure out what happens. His driver comes to pick him up and is like, uh, there's chaos in the streets. Right. And so they're driving around, but they assume that the driver is Kuwaiti and kill he's him. much darker skin, and he's speaking to them in Arabic because that's what he's used to doing. Yeah. With other people, and he's like, don't, don't, don't speak in Arabic, nay, or shut up. Yeah, because he hasn't figured out that they're just killing all the Kuwaitis. Yeah. In the streets, which was also just a shocking, horrifying thing to think about. Yeah. Because. Absolutely. I'm not used to, I'm used to seeing American war movies, and that kind of thing isn't really shown. That. Where you're just, where it's just every, every person who's Kuwaiti, drag them out and shoot them in the street. By the time Americans get to wars, that's not still happening. Well, and it's not the way Americans conduct wars. Right. Yeah. So it's not the way I'm used to thinking about anyone conducting wars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So his driver is shot in the street, and so he feels responsible for the daughter, his daughter and wife. But he realizes that... Everyone gathers at the office because they just don't know where to go and they feel safe in numbers. And so he's also at the office and he right. sees all of these people and, and then he realizes. He's about to leave. He's like, how much do we have in cash? And they're like, oh, sir, thank goodness you're here. <laughs> we were so scared. Tell us what to do. Yeah. Because he's going to take the money for the five of them and leave. Yeah. And he's like, ooh, now I feel bad. Right. And then he realizes, he says later, he realizes that all of these people, just because he didn't know them in mm-hmm. person, he's still on some responsible for them in the same way he's responsible for his driver's family. Yeah. Which was a really interesting revelation for him to have. Yeah. It felt very Indian, though. It did, and I think it speaks to the type of person who, even though he had become a relatively selfish, you know, capitalist, mm-hmm. whatever, I think it shows that the, how he started. Yeah. But his wife is... Um, you know, she's a good person, but she's average goodness. Right. She's like, okay, but there's a horrifying war going on. You know, she looks out her window and sees people being shot. Their home gets ransacked. And she's like, we, we need to leave. 
Why are you still here? Why? Also, now we're we're living at home because the major's like, oh, I'll make sure that your home is safe. It's fine. And she refused to live in the camp because it was gross and dirty. <laughs> exactly. So she's like, look, why why are, why are you always at the camp? Why do we never see you? Why are all these things? Why do you care so much about these people? Blah blah blah. What? It's, but you know, especially because he wasn't like that before, and she just wants to get out of there. Yeah, but it makes sense why they were married. Because at first, it seems like she's some great person and he's some terrible person, and like, why are they even married? And then you realize it's because she wasn't as bad as him. She mm-hmm. was, you know, an average person. But it's not like she was some saint. Exactly. She appreciated the things that he could give her. Exactly. So I like that they had sort of a realistic situation there. So as all that's going on. He's slowly gathering up because all of these Indians, you know, they're bringing their families, they're bringing their friends, and slowly he's like, okay, we just need to gather all of the Indians up together, and then we need to figure out how to get them out of the country because he's been told over and over again, Saddam doesn't have a problem with Indians. You can leave anytime. But they're giving them no options for how to leave. And a lot of these people are missing their passports. It's interesting to see him try and figure out how to get so many people out. Exactly, because you, you know, he he manages he manages at one point to get five hundred people out on a ship, and you're like, wow, that's great, that's a lot of people, and then you're like, oh, there's a hundred and seventy thousand of them, and he's determined to get them all. I mean, obviously, he, so he is actually an amalgamation of two people Mm -hmm. who kind of helped organize this. And I'm sure a lot of the biographical details aren't accurate in any way. I mean, he's a fabricated character, but he's based on these two people who who did this, who were in Kuwait. Yeah. So he winds up interacting a lot with this low, mid-level, I guess, government official in India who, he's not even in the Gulf Department. (laughs) No, and he's so relatable because his phone rings and he, like, looks at his phone like, ugh. And it's almost lunchtime. I do not want to answer this. And I'm like, oh, that's me every time my phone rings. Yeah. (laughs) And so that guy is interesting. He is super relatable. He's not, you know, powerful or confident or he's not like he always has the right words to say, but he's just determined. He's determined to not leave these people. And initially he does what anybody would do. And he's like, well, I'll give it to the Gulf Division. I gave you, I gave your numbers to the Gulf Division. And then he's like, yeah, he hasn't, they haven't called and I'm pretty sure they're not going to. So can you please help us? And then it's his job. Yes. Another interesting thing about his character is he's having a conversation with his father later in the film, and his father's talking about the fact that their family lived in Pakistan before the partition, and they were he was forced to leave his home. And it's interesting seeing his character realize, like, that's what these people are going through. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was an interesting parallel to make. I mean, because in India, everything's about the partition. <laughs> Everything goes back to that. There's also the characters that are in the camp, the minor, more minor characters that are in the camp. The most important of those being Mr. George. Mr. George, you old complainer, you. Mr. George was both a frustrating and a hilarious character. Yeah, his poor wife was so embarrassed of him. Yeah, he didn't matter what happened. It was never good enough. He complained about everything. Yeah. Why there? Why the camp wasn't cleaner? Why there wasn't more food? There's why no, it's chaotic? Yeah, where's the order? Why can't we leave yet? All of these things. He didn't even work there. For no, Akshay Kumar. The, no, they were like, "Who is that?" And they're like, "I don't know. It's, it's just weird. some some guy." They're like, "Yeah, no, these people keep showing up. They say they're like relatives or." friends mm-hmm. of the the people that work here but no who knows yeah who knows so 
he was kind of an interesting representation of those people that are never satisfied. It doesn't matter what you give them. Yeah. Or provide for them. For, I mean, because he had no responsibility towards Mr. George. No, and they should just be like, well, I'm so glad I'm not dead right now. But instead, it's like, but the toilets are dirty. Yeah, and it's funny because it makes me think of uh, Dorothy Day would tell people that, you know, it's like, I'm glad you've come here to help out with you know, our homeless shelter, just so you know, they're going to be dirty and ungrateful. Yeah, yeah, Like, absolutely. I just want to let you know, they're, they're not going to be super thankful that you're here to help them. Yeah, and that's true for so many volunteer situations. Like, yeah. You have to understand with square yourself with the fact that you are not here to get thanked, and if you are, go home right now. Exactly. So that was kind of the situation with Mr. George. Yeah. And what I really loved is there's a bit of an arc. He does eventually realize that he has been a terrible person mm-hmm. and needs to get his act together. It is a very small moment of redemption. It's and then as small. soon as he's on the plane back to India, he's asking the stewardess, how do they allocate first class? Yes, exactly. Because, come on, he's not going to change. Yes. I, that was a truly wonderful character moment. That yeah. thing of, like, it doesn't, he's not going to be changed by this. I mean, maybe he'll be a little bit better, but he's not really. No. Uh, there's also Ibrahim... Looking for his wife who disappeared his the wife first just, night. Yeah. Eight days. Very small amount of time. Yeah. Works at the hospital, but he can't find her anywhere. Yep. And then the Kuwaiti woman who was taken by her employee, some sort of house servant, I think. Yeah. Who was Indian and who brought this Kuwaiti woman who had clearly her little her, baby. Clearly her husband had been killed already. Yeah. And so she was hiding her in the camp. When they're going back to India, and they're at the passport line, basically, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, what's your name? And Ibrahim steps up and is like, she's, you know, he gives his, his wife's name. his wife's name. And yeah, that was wife. such a wonderful moment because it's such a bittersweet moment. Yeah. That moment when you realize she's going to be safe, she's going to be protected. But that moment when you realize that he's finally accepted the fact that his wife is probably dead. Yeah. So this movie had all sorts of really good moments, even for care, even for side characters like this. It did, and I thought it was really good that they didn't say like, "Oh, and we found his wife." Yes, because that doesn't always happen. Yeah, because these are representations of the types of things that do happen in situations like this. Not everyone gets a happy ending. And then, of course, because this is an Indian movie, so eventually they manage to get access to Jordan. Yes. They drive everyone over to Jordan, which I thought was a re- done and really well done s- sequence of we have to get out of here now because they've smuggled some people out on a trash ship. Mm-hmm. But the guy gets mad. The Iraqi guy gets mad because he wasn't bribed for it. Right. He's going to do take something. vengeance, yeah. essentially, for being cut out of the deal. And so I thought that was a really nice setup for we have to leave now. Like, we don't have time to get people out 500 at a time on a trash ship. Which is also true because you see they're running out of food. Yeah. Their food and... The Iraqi army invaded yeah. to, and took half the food. All the food that wasn't hidden. Yes. And that's just going to keep happening. Yeah, he goes because to there's the, a UN embargo. Exactly. He goes to the major and he's like, you said that Indians were safe. And he's like, well, I can't control what happens. Yeah. Like, we, they, they didn't send us enough food. Sorry. Yeah. But so they might come back. Don't know. Yeah, so I thought it was a really well done thing for for constantly being told there's no threat. Like they kind of did need a way to ratchet up the tension toward the end, to where you felt like it was important that they leave 
you know, soon. And people kept pointing out, like, we don't have passports. There's nothing to say that they won't just claim that we are Kuwaiti. They managed to get passage to Jordan, which they just drove everyone out there and said, hey, guys, we're going to be showing up here in however many days. I, You better have clearance for us by then, because... Yeah. I love this checkpoint. It's, like, out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> so they do... They, you know, get to the airport and everything, and they're going to fly out. They've arranged it with Air India, because there's not enough planes in the Air Force, not enough passenger planes in the Air Force to be able to make it a military operation. They have to use Air India. And they have to get everyone's agreement and all that. And they do, of course. But it's such an Indian move when, like, the flag gets raised and everyone at the airport and everyone's, like, the swelling music and everyone's looking at it. And it's this big moment. And because it's India, they linger on that flag way more than they should. There's, like, five shots of it. (laughs) Yeah. As the music plays. Also should be relatable to Americans. Yes, but even in America, you wouldn't do quite that long, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, it was... Yeah, just... it's it's a great movie, and it's a really relatable movie because everyone can understand war, getting out, country, love. In some ways, it's kind of like an Indian Argo. Yeah. Not exactly the same, but that general setup of we have people stuck in this hostile situation, we need to get them out. Yeah, exactly. So really well done, and I think relatively historical, historically accurate, you know, certainly for so. the vibe of the thing. Yeah, I think so. I think people's main complaint, and by people I mean the government, <laughs> uh, was the government's portrayal. Yeah, and I'll, yeah. I, I can imagine. They would have had to be a more active than that. But I can also imagine them dragging their feet because this isn't really a priority for them. Yeah. I mean, what do you do when you have 170,000 people stuck in a country that's actively at war? Like, that's a difficult situation to deal with. Yeah. You might hope that, like, it blows over. Yeah. But it was great. And actually, Kumar was really good. Um, his wife was great. So, the next movie in our series is Nirja, which also involves airplanes. Oh. It's about a flight attendant on a plane that was taken by, over by terrorists. Gotcha. This movie is currently not available to watch streaming anywhere. Uh, however, I would encourage you to check out your local library, which is where it's available here. Yes. Hopefully, like us, you were lucky and have a big Indian population nearby. And your local library hopefully caters to that population. Exactly. Otherwise, keep an eye out for it. It will probably pop up on streaming at some point. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see you next time at An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.